That might have been one of our least satisfying paws, judging by the look on your face, but we're going to take it. Oh, yeah. But it's it's ice cold. So, like some of the things in this episode. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Controllers and Couches. And Couches. First things first, uh, I apologise profusely that we're 24 hours late on the podcast this week. I finished uni late today, that's why we're recording it so late today. Sir got called into work on his day off yesterday, so at the end of the day, if work calls, it's kind yeah, of a high priority. Pretty much, and so, got to pay it in bills. Billage! So I apologise about that, um, just straight mm-hmm. off the bat, because we like doing this. We yes, have we do. fun. We do. Sort of a catch-up session for us. Yeah, pretty much, some, some downtime, yeah. So yeah, what's new in your life in the last seven and a day, eight days. Good uh, sir. Let's see. Lots of work. Um, they've had a St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. For did you celebrate this year? No. Nah, you little leprechaun, you. Yeah, I pretty much played Call of Duty because they've got some weapons on there and stuff. So I've been trying to get them. I've had not like apparently they last for like nineteen days. Yep. But, so not as much as I want. Um, been doing some reading, some stumbling on some TV series and stuff. So. Uh, just been doing some stuff in the garden, um, yep. managing some ferns. <laughs> yeah. we, we also repotted a couple of things. Yeah, we did. We repotted cerebrum and we split a couple of um, bromeliads. Yep. We put the called? pups in the uh, in a new new pot, so uh, that'll be interesting once they uh, start putting out roots and then we can put them to bigger and better things. Bigger and better pastures. Yeah. As it were. So, uh, yeah, all in all, it's been a good week. Yeah. Um, what have I done this week? Nothing besides uni, to be honest. I do have a um, story. I want to start with today's story first, okay? So, today I went to uni, like, an hour earlier than I normally would because I was like, oh, I'm just going to beat the traffic. I'm just going to get out of, like, home, get there. Um, and I'm going to sit down in one of the study areas and I'm going to do the required reading for today's two lectures. And so, you know me, I have my yellow highlighter out, my pink highlighter to break up my sections and I have my headphones in and I'm just listening to, um, the, what do they call it? The King Arthur soundtrack. Yeah. Because I just listen to instrumental, instrumental stuff. You know, I'm tuning out everything while I'm working. Yep. Just to block out everyone talking and making noise. So I'm sitting down and I'm highlighting. And out of the corner of my eye, um, someone walks up to me and I've gone, oh, it's one of my uni friends. And so I look up and it's not who I thought it was. It, it's this person I've never seen before in my life. So, I, um, she's talking to me, but obviously I can't hear her. So I take my headphones out and I go, hi, I'm, I'm sorry, what? So I had my headphones in and she's like, you do physiology? And I've gone, um, I, I, no, sorry, I, I did it last year, but no, I, I don't do it now. Yeah. Um, you help me, you do physiology. Sorry, brief intermission. Thanks, kids. Much love. Um, and so I've gone, oh, no, 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 sorry. You, um, I did last year, not this year. And she goes, no, 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 you helped me. 
So she dumps the, her lecture notes in front of me, and I'm like, oh, God, here we are. And the question was this kid, it was a multiple choice question, and this kid had taken his grandmother's blood pressure meds and he got sick from it. And judging by his symptoms, you had to say what medication he had taken. And I'm not trying to act like I know it all, but I like physiology. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love enzymology and I love drug targeting. So I, I kind of knew this because, like I said, I knew this content. I did similar stuff. So I'm assuming that she's in my biochem class and she's seen me in phys last year or something like that or she's seen me in the lectures and thinks that I've done it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Okay, whatever. Um, so I have no idea. So she came up to me. She asked me. She dumped a piece of paper and she's shouting at me to tell her what the answer is. And I'm like, well, hold on. They would tell you all these enzymes and all these drugs in your lecture notes, let's go through them. And she's telling me that it was a a parasympathetic response. And I'm like, oh no, sorry, she's telling me that it was a sympathetic response. And I've gone, no, 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 if he was sympathetic, he'd be having a high blood pressure, blah, 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 blah. This is decreasing cardiac output, which means it's parasympathetic. She goes, oh no, but he fainted. That's, but... You don't, you know, so she was just arguing concepts with me, and I'm like, look, I don't do your subject. You're you asking me, this is what I think it is. And then she asks me what ACE is, which is acetylcholine esterase, and this is the physiology equivalent of asking a, a normal biologist what a chloroplast does. Yeah. So it's, or otherwise, you know. I'm not trying to put people down, but this girl's having a go at me, and I'm like, calm down. If What have you got? She's like, oh, I've got the clicker session. I'm like, first off, the clicker session isn't graded. You're there to refine your knowledge. Um, So don't stress if that's what you're worried about. But as I just explained to you, it's this molecule. And she's like, but where does it say ACE? And I went, that's your acetylcholinesterase. It's right here. And she goes, but what's an ACE inhibitor? She didn't understand what an inhibitor was, so I explained to her what an inhibitor was. And she's like, fine, I'll ask someone else. And I'm like, so I just wasted 15 minutes of my time explaining something to someone who didn't even say thank you, just came up to me and yelled at a random person on the side of the street, right? And this is at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I'm not bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. No, no, Till no. at least 11 o'clock. No, no, no. You're, you're like getting your brain right for the morning and this person just come up completely, you know, you know disrupted the feng shui, basically. And as you know, I don't talk to people I don't know. And someone's yelling at me at 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm shooting my pants going, what did I do? Um, so, yeah, that happened. I hope she did well. I hope, you know, if I see her again, I'll go, so um, how'd you go? Was I right? But anyway, the main news, you'll actually already know this story because I told everyone this situation when it happened yesterday. To give you the rundown, I was waiting for my bus because Sir was actually going to drop me off at uni, but like we said, Sir got the call in to come in and do an extra shift at work and had to stop his schedule out for the week. And I was like, yep, sure, no worries. And I left home about 10, 15 minutes earlier than you did because I was going to catch an earlier bus than I normally would have because again I was like oh I'm going to get to uni and I'll get some studying done there and I'll beat the traffic yep. so I'm waiting for my bus bus comes and 
again because it was in the middle of the day there are a lot of elderly people that go on that bus route that I take and so I'm in no rush do you know what I mean bus yeah. ain't gonna leave for another 10 minutes and they've been waiting there longer than me so I let them go on the bus first and then on the other side of the bus shelter to where I was standing was another student who goes to the same uni as us and he was in a wheelchair no that's not a problem no you know, no, it sucks that the person is in a wheelchair to begin with. Not that I'm saying that their quality of life is any less or that they're any less of a person or anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, okay. Um, so, you know, he asked, he just rolled up to me and he goes, I'm sorry, is this the 550 to blah, blah, blah? Yeah. And I've gone, yep, absolutely is, you know, you're going to this place, same as me. And he's like, yep, yep, yep. And so we roll, he rolls up to the door and I'm just standing behind him. And because I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to get on the bus now because I've just spoken to him and that's rude if I cut in line. And at the same time, the bus driver's going to see him and want to flip out the ramp. Yeah. And I can't be in the way for that, right? Allegedly. That's how the story was supposed to go. And then, so, we're standing there for two minutes and this poor kid is not shouting, but like... Not raising his voice, but trying to get the bus driver's attention and ask him for assistance. And the bus driver's pretending like he couldn't hear him. And so I've gone, this kid was really freaking out and this kid was really getting stressed. So I, I don't mean to belittle him by calling him kid. He's like in his early 20s, but he's younger than me. So this guy was getting stressed. So I've gone, I'll, you know, I'll let him know we're here. So I climb on the bus Got a tap on, but the Mikey reader at the front of the bus, the first one as you step on, was off. Would you think that's that one of the... That be the main one. Yeah. I know. So I've gone, oh, okay. And then I've turned around to talk to the bus driver. And I've gone, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Um, there's another passenger. This gentleman's trying to get on your bus. And this is where shit went south. He looks at me. And if looks could kill, I'd be dead. He goes, what the fuck is the matter with you? What's wrong? I already see him. You know, get off my bus. He opens his cubicle. He slams the door. And I've gone... And he storms off after, you know, screaming a hundred times, what's the matter with you? And I've just gone, oh, okay. Um, I go to touch on to the middle of the bus where the three readers are. Yep. And he goes to flip the ramp. When I'm done touching on the other student, other passenger is on the bus with me. And so he's gone, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm sorry you got yelled at. And I've gone, it's completely fine. I'm glad we're both on the bus. He couldn't reach the reader because the wheelchair isn't wheelchair accessible past the front third of the bus. So he gave me, I was like, hey, do you want me to touch your Mikey on? Because the front reader wasn't working. And he's like, oh my God, thank you so much. So I touched him on, gave him his my key back. And then so he's smiling at me, I smiled at him. And then the bus driver comes to like where I'm standing and he's like, get off my bus. And I've gone, look, sir, please calm down. I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just trying, I was just trying to help a fellow passenger to use the service. And he's like adamant to get me off the bus. And I swear to you guys... I didn't raise my voice or anything. I was nice, cool, calm, and a human being about it. He's trying to toss me off the bus, and I've gone, look, sir, no offence, I've already paid for this service. 
I'm going somewhere. If you have an issue, if you can't do your job, call the bus company. And if you need a break right now, get someone else to cover your shift for you. This is unacceptable. And there are elderly people who started getting really stressed and all that sort of thing. So he stormed off back to his cubicle, slams the door behind him and goes off. And um, the bus trip is like 10, 15 minutes anyway. So I'm sitting there stewing and I'm like, I don't care if people have a go at me. It's when people have a go at other people that annoys me. Yep. So I've gone, this is unacceptable. What would this person... Not that I'm trying to act like I'm it or I'm infallible or this kid wouldn't have gotten on the bus without me, but this this other passenger shouldn't have had to deal with that shit anyway, right? No. So I've I've done the best thing I thought of and I screenshot my route through the app. I've taken a photo of him in his rearview camera, in his rearview mirror, sorry. So that way they cannot disrepute dis regard me saying this was a particular driver because this bus line doesn't make people wear badges of their names or their IDs or anything like that and so I've gone okay as soon as I step off this bus I'm gonna take a photo of the rego plate yep which is smart so this guy kept giving me death stares and muttering under his breath the whole 10-15 minutes and so I've gone I'm gonna you know that meme from white girls where it's like I'm gonna write a letter Except I was like, I ain't going to write a letter. So I tweeted Ventura to see what Ventura would say. Yeah. And they completely ignored me, even like over 24 hours later. So after the 20-minute bus drive, I go to get off the bus. He's still being shit about it. I tapped the other passenger's card off first before my own. Packed my stuff. He, while he's distracted offloading the passenger who needed the ramp, I've gone to the back of the bus taking a photo. And then he's, he didn't see me take a photo, but he stepped past to watch me wrote, like, as if he wanted to reverse the fucking bus to fucking run me down. And I've gone, nah, I've had enough. So I looked at this particular bus company's um, website, because it's linked through Twitter. And to get through to them, you have to call 1-800 and then the bus company's number. And you know when you have a smartphone and you touch that number, it's supposed to automatically call that number if you press call or cancel right so i didn't press any numbers i didn't type anything in so i press call and then it doesn't connect because it's a wrong number or the number doesn't exist so i've gone well this ain't going to stop me so i've gone through the whole list of 30 something depots to figure out which bus depot is the one this guy's from that's closest to the route and the you know and all that sort of thing, which office it has to be. And then so I figure out which one it is. I call. I don't get anyone from the, what do you call it, the normal customer service line. So I've gone, you know what? The one line they're going to have open at 9 o'clock is the jobs one. Absolutely. So I've gone, yeah, so I've gone, stuff it. I'll just call the jobs, like, call the jobs line. And then literally two rings and this lady picks up. And she was really, really nice. And she was more disgusted than I was. And she's like, oh, my God, tell me what time this was. Because I told her the route number and everything. And I've gone, um, this is the time. And she goes, do you have any other detail? And I've gone, if it helps you, I've also got um, his registration number, like the plate of the bus. So that way, because that's how they know their shifts and stuff. Because you can't identify the driver unless you know what bus it is. 
because they can argue at any point whichever driver it was and I was waiting for her to say that so that's why I also said you also have CCTV on this bus my dad's cabbie I know how this works you don't have which you should invest in identifying your bus drivers not only for issues like this faults I'll call them but also if people want to give a a decent customer service review you want to promote your bus drivers and help your bus drivers out and shit and um so she's like yeah we'll look into that and I'm like yeah whatever um so I pretty much said I also have a picture of him too and so she was like absolutely disgusted more than I was she was like did the kid get on the bus did he you know did he drive off and I was like no he got on um he got on he got off and then so she's pretty much like I'm escalating it. They took down my details too, so that way they'll let me know. And I was like, look, I'm not looking to get anyone fired. I'm not looking to get anyone fined. I'm not looking to anyone for anyone to lose their shifts or anything like that. You just, not her specifically, but the company yeah, needs need to, to make sure that that's just not acceptable. people... And that's what I said to her. I know I'm young. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to act entitled. But if you're going to have a service, a public service system, and you're going to win a contract, you need to support the walks of life, the people that are going to need, whether you're in a wheelchair, whether you're a slow yeah. walker, whether you've got a broken leg and you're on crutches, whether you're a really, really short, short kid and you need the bus driver to lower down the hydraulics so you can climb on yeah. with your mum to get dropped off at school in the morning, right? The, the driver shouldn't be having a go at you just for trying to assist. At the end of the day, if more people are, like, you know, offered, you know, advice and tried to help out... The, you know, the world would be a better place. At the end of the day, you get these people who are fair evading, you know, abusing people on buses, and you don't see them yeah, getting no, yelled at. Yeah, of course. At. And at the same time, I understand that this guy has a really tough job, especially on our side of town and the bus routes that this particular company works. And you can understand that there wouldn't be that many nice people and that they'd get a lot of shit from their job. So I have my double two-hour lectures, and I've gone, hang on, um, this lecture's finished five minutes early. If I literally hightail it for the bus right now... Because I calculated it out, his route, his loop, like, you know how there's a couple of buses that work the line? Um, that bus won't, he, he won't be the bus driver that picks me up. So, the bus comes. And I'm looking down at the ground, I step on the bus, who should be there? What I didn't factor into my grand plans was the fact that this guy went on a lunch break for the day, right? So... Straight away gets out of his cubicle and goes, get the fuck off my bus. That's what I forgot to say. He called me um, Russian scum. Yeah, that was pretty When I sat down the first, when I went to uni. And so he goes again, he's like, Russian scum, get the fuck off my bus, blah, blah, blah. And it turned into an all-out race war. And I know this guy's nationality because I am his nationality. Like... Did you know what I mean? Like, I know you're Greek Macedonian. So, I pretty much... Look, there are... I'm either shit scaring my... Like, I don't have fight or flight. I have fight or shitting my pants. Fright. Yeah. I can't move. I can't say anything. And so, at this particular point in time, I was just over it. Because in my head, I didn't feel like I offended him in any way, shape or form. But he had a go at me. And he's playing the race card. So I've gone, whatever. And I've gone, look, mate, it's been a long day. I know you take a lot of shit for your job. I take a lot of shit in my job. You want to drive customers. I'm a customer. 
you know, if you can't deal with it, just blah, blah, blah. And you might say to me, Steph, why didn't you just wait for the next bus? Because the next bus doesn't come for another 30, 40 minutes on a good day in no traffic. Do you know what I mean? And I shouldn't feel afraid to get on a bus. No, no, you shouldn't. You right? Should, you should I didn't do anything wrong. go about your day without any issues. So this guy's having a go at me and, okay, my dad taught me a few things in my life and one of them, and I actually taught you this too, and one of them was, he says to me when I was little, a girl doesn't, he was sexist, but a girl shouldn't have to swear. No. But if a girl needs to swear, you need to know what to say to shut everyone up and to get them to leave you alone right so this guy's telling me about how his family is macedonian mafia and how he's going to get his family on me and a ton of other shit and i was just like first off calm down like i'm not loaded personally but my maternal grandmother's side is and so i you know who he said he was they're not family friends if that makes sense. On my grandmother's side, I recognise a surname because he said who his family was and who he was going to set on me. So I pretty much just said, well, look, mate. And I said, um, I, first off, I called him a motherfucker. I said malaka, which I probably shouldn't have done in hindsight, but I did. And then I pulled out that, I think it's Ocean's 12, where, you say, where um, Danny says, look... I know all the guys you'll send after me and they like me a lot more than they like you. And then I said, sit the fuck down, pitch mate and cop on which means can't his mother's <laughs> drunk stick. Yep, yep. And he shat himself on top of that, finding out who I was. And then I said, if you're having issues, if you can't work a bus, if you can't work this route, get the company car, pull up here, get an alternate driver like they do when they swap shifts with you guys, and you go home. I'm getting on this bus. I just want to go home. I've done nothing to you. And he goes, alright, alright, I'm sorry. And he sits down. I, I had already touched on during this conversation and I sit down. He doesn't whisper anything under his breath. He doesn't you know, death stare me in the rear view mirror. And then I've gone, and then I've gotten to the stop where I need to get off. I tap off, pack my shit away, pull my house keys out. And I do what I always do to every bus driver. And I say, thank you very much, sir, when I'm getting off. And do you know what this guy says to me? Thank you, darling. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. And I've gone, fuck. <laughs> so that is the so sorry that was probably like a 20 minute story but worth it yeah you pissed yourself laughing that was yeah when i it told was you pretty intense but um so yes that was my bus episode yesterday all right so bypassing everything else i don't have any book <clears throat> updates besides i haven't even been reading my monthly allocation of dragonfly in amber i need to catch up the last three days I've read four chapters. Yay! At least one of us is breaking ground. I'm breaking ground. I'm nearly finished. So, do you know what you're reading after this? So you could you could 
almost have this book done right yeah, before next week. Yeah, before next week, I'd potentially have it done. So I think... After, and then we'll have a party. Yeah. So I think after that, it's... Well, I'm listening to Ready Play One. Yeah, but what are you going to read, Rich? So I may potentially read it as well. Okay, you're going to read the movie cover or the original cover? Um, probably the original cover. Um, or otherwise what I do is I go um, read uh, Seven Dangerous Wonders. Oh, yeah, you've got to read that story too, don't you? Jack West, yeah. Oh, you have to read the novella first, which is on the iPad. Yep. The prequel Done. novella. It's like 45 electronic pages. You read it in like 10 minutes. It's yep. really good. All right, so our quiz for today will make sense a little later on. But the quiz we are undertaking today is which version of Lara Croft are you more like? Um, the link for you guys will be in the episode notes. So you can take it along with us. Yes. All right. So first question, pick a site to explore. looks like a French provincial maze. Jesus's tomb. What well, looks like a couple. Is that a Taiwanese temple or a so, Balinese temple? Sort of, yeah. And then what's the one on the right? I think and one's... Is, one's Thai, one's Balinese. Right? I don't know. I don't know. How do I find out? Mm. What happens if I click think stock? Nope, that just selects the... Just um, random stuff. Yeah. Um, if I say the image as... Well, you look at it and kind of go, would you... Maze, Jesus' tomb, or a couple of temples? Or basically you could say, maze, tomb, um... Is that a mausoleum? Or like a church? Church or... Temple. Temple. Um, I'm going to go temple. Temple? I'm going to go for the one with the blue sky, so the last one. Yeah. Pick a mansion. I might go for a tomb. I'm going to go, go for a tomb. tomb. You um, go tomb? Jesus' tomb? Pick a mansion. It's a dog kennel. <laughs> <laughs> um, what well, looks like a British countryside house, manor. Well, it looks like an even more... Like the Duke of Sandringham's palace. Yep. Or what looks like a French... Palace. Or estate. Yeah. I might go for the top right one. I was actually going to go top right too. So it's or what I go, it looks like. Unless I go the old... You actually, go whatever you want. Yeah, then. I'll go bottom left. I'll go the... Well, um, you don't have to get the same one. But yeah. I really like the garden and the pond at the front of the house. And then... Um, Pick a car. A motorbike's not a car. No, no, it's not. So uh, I should say that it's a what do they call it? A supercross bike. Yeah. So a dirt, dirt bike, bike. That's the word. Four wheel driving. A Rolls Royce. What looks like a Phantom Two. Is that a Phantom Two? Yeah, that looks a like Phantom a Phantom Two. Or a know. bike. A bicycle. Bicycle. I'm gonna go for the Jeep. Jeep. Um. I'm tempted to go for the rolls. You go a girlfriend. Well, actually. Um, uh, actually, no. Off-road is... 
I just feel like I would prefer off-road yeah. driving. It's safer it's, than being on a dirt bike. Yeah. And you can't drive around and do cool shit in a rolls. And I don't want to exert myself on a bicycle. So if I can afford it, well, I'd have a yeah. Phantom as my everyday car. Yep. But as, hey, let's have some fun, I'd have a Jeep Jeep. Yep, yep. So Jeep Jeep it is. Okay, pizza. Is that pizza pie. Pizza pie. Pepperoni. Pepperoni. It's a Cheese pepperoni. pizza or what looks like a margarita. Yeah. Uh, I'm um, going to go pepperoni. I'm going to go for the looks like a margarita to me. Pick a console that's uh, Xbox, the original Xbox, GameCube, a PS1, or a GameCube. A Game Boy. Game Boy. Original Game Boy. PS1 for show. Yeah, PS1. Where's your butler? <laughs> Looks in the freezer. Bitch, I don't need no butler. Making me some kick-ass gadgetry. Ironing? I don't know. Um, um, I'm tossing up between bitch, I don't need no butler. But at the same time, I don't want to clean a mansion by myself. So do I say ironing? I don't know. I'm going to go ironing, I don't know. What did you get, bro? Mm. What are you selecting? I'm going to say I'm locked in the freezer. <laughs> derp, 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 derp. Derp, 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 derp. Uh, done? Yep. Who did you get? I got rebooted Lara Croft. Is in the 2018 movie? 2013 reboot of the game. Ugh. So I got uh, your toughest nails, driven and love a good adventure. You also can't go five minutes without falling through the roof of an ancient pagoda or whatever. Clumsy. So, woo, clumsy. I got the thousands, Lara Croft. Ah. You're the Lara Croft of diehard fans, and that's what makes you brilliant. You're a little more mature and have moved on from locking your butler in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Alrighty, hoity, hoity. Everyone else, please let us know what you got. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Alright, so we have four reviews for you this week. Yeah. Three movies, one kind of mini docu-series. Um, launch us into your Red Sparrow review, please, good sir. But first off, give us a brief synopsis. Okay, so essentially uh, it deals with a Russian intelligence officer who makes contact with a CIA agent who's American, as they are, and essentially they go on a, a wild journey to discover a Russian mole, or American mole, but it's pretty much a Russian mole. Yeah. So yeah, Russian, you know, secret intelligence. Yeah, I just want to add two things. Yeah. One, it's called Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah, I was getting to that. And, oh, well, I didn't know. Sorry. Sorry. Are you done? Continue, oh, no. please. So, essentially... Uh, I so rudely interrupted. Yeah, so, basically, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, she plays the, the Ruski intelligence Ruski. officer. Ruski intelligence officer. Um, Who used to be a prima donna ballerina, but had an accident. Yeah, she fell down. And, uh, yeah, hurt herself. Hurt herself. And then we have uh, Joel Edkin. Ed... Project. Project. The CIA agent. And then basically you get a bit of a tr- love tryst going on with a, you know, she. Weird stuff. Weird stuff because she's trying to get on his side and. You, she's trying to play both sides at the same time. Yeah. So that. Launch us into your review, sir. Okay, so all in all, 
if we're going for like a spy thriller, I thought it was good. It had a few little really interesting twists and turns. It really focused on the honeypot. It did play. It played the honeypot CIA Russian thing really well. You know, you read it in the books and go, "Yep, he basically took the bait, hook, line, and sinker." But as you said, it's based on books, so three book series. Yeah, but. I thought it was pretty compelling. Compelling out of five stars? I'd probably give it about three and a half, four. Okay. So, uh, yeah. All right, well, here's what I think. If Jason Bourne and... Um, who's the other guy? Oh, God, hold on. I... What? Who is it? Um, with the who? With the what? Sorry, let me just find it. Agent 47? No, no, no. I made notes about it. I made notes. All the notes. I made notes. What did I say? Uh, if Jason Bourne was a girl, he'd be Dominka. That it put all other espionage and intelligence movies to shame. But if gore and violence is triggering, triggering for you, please don't watch this movie. Yeah, there's some bits in there that kind of make your head spin. Literally um, and figuratively. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, there was a few people in the audience that kind of went, <gasps> and you kind of go, sure. Guys, sh-. what were you expecting in a Russian versus yeah. US post Cold War uh, do- intelligence movie? Yeah, someone's still I mean? doing sneaky stuff behind the background, so obviously someone's going to end up dead. Yeah, really liked it. Then we also watched Annihilation a couple of days ago on the Flixnet. Um, this is basically about an ex-army chick who now works at some she's science. She's a biologist. Because um, she's a scientist. Yeah, cellular biologist. She knows professor, like person. yeah, and then her husband got lost because he's still in the forces. Yeah. Um, uh, ages ago, and then you've got like these flashback present-day scenes. Yeah. So that are, fuck up the timeline. Exactly, because it's not. It's very disjointed. It's not fluid. Yes, yeah, it jumps. It's very cerebral because yeah. you're trying to figure out what's going on, and essentially what it is is but a group of some, military. But there are some movies that do that well. For they example, do. Arrival. Yes, that was. And done that really made well. sense with the reason why everything was the way it was. Yes. Um, this was just bullshit because it's like, oh my god, they made such a big deal. Oh, because there's like this um, phenomena called the shimmer. the shimmer, yeah, and it's gaining, like, gaining space. If that makes yeah, sense, so like it's the borders expand- coming. Yeah. yeah, so it's expanding, but we don't know what it is. Whatever it encompasses, um, it, mutates. it mutates the landscape and every like all the animals and plants. So. It's, it's sort of almost the way we thought it looked as though it was taking, say, um, animal life and transforming it into plant life. Yeah. So, essentially, as soon as you go into this thing... You're coming now. You're dying as a plant. You, you're starting to get converted, like, yeah. molecularly broken down. And it was just like... All of a sudden, we're at the shimmer... No events happened, you know, there was nothing around the shimmer besides the shimmer. And then they walk through the shimmer, and then you wake up five days later. Yeah. And you figure out that you've been asleep for five days, blah, blah, blah. And shit starts to happen. But it was just a... You know the Witcher reboot? The, no, Blair Witch, sorry. Yeah. 
Oh, keep getting confused. The Blair Witch reboot that you and I saw last year. It was like a sciencey version of that. Yes. It was like found footage, except it wasn't found footage. But that's what it felt like, you know, where you have all these other things coming to get you and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, it The premise was really, really good, but it just lacked follow-through. And I'm at the point where I just dislike everything that Natalie Portman is in. I think she is the Kristen Stewart of the early 2000s, and that's it. Yeah. I'm giving it two out of five stars, and I think that's very nice. Yeah. I'd probably give it like a two and a half, maybe three, only because it had promise. It could have done a lot better, but the ending was just met. It's almost like... You get on the train, the train is going, and then you run out of track and just kind of go, meh. What was the point? What's the point? The ending is very just... It was a cheap ending, but people are saying, you it's know... It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Oh, my it's, God. And it didn't get a... I understand why it was direct to Netflix. Yeah, it didn't get a cinema release because of it. Um, essentially, yeah, the ending, not so good. They could have done way more. It just kind of... It left a lot, of, lot more questions... Than answers. So, um, yeah, so there's positives and negatives. Positives for the concept, when the initial thing you think, oh, cool, there's some real... Um, Science content here. Yeah, and it started really working, then it dropped off. It, they, they started, I think, trying for too much, and they tried... It's almost like they ran out of budget, and they're like, sorry, we have to end the movie here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, that kind of let me down. But, um, um, did Tomb Raider let you down? No, no, Tomb Raider did not let me down. Um, but if if I hadn't played the 2013 game... You would have been like, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. But the problem is... Sorry, give us a rundown. So, essentially, this is loosely based, and I mean loosely based on 2013 um, Lara Croft Tomb Raider... So, essentially, it has her, you know, starting off... Her origin story. Her origin story. So, she's trying to fend for herself, basically. She's out on her own. She doesn't want any part of the company. And then... She just wants her dad, not his money. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it starts off with her as a courier. Then it switches into her, you know, being... Accepting. Accepting that he may be dead, but... um, before signing the paperwork, the quest begins and she unlocks a box and it has a, a little code and a key so she goes down that rabbit hole and sure enough that makes sort of the whole interlude into here's all the research, this you is the trail and down the rabbit hole she goes. But she doesn't. So there's the, the quest. But the bit where she gets on the boat, obviously it's a smaller boat than the actual 2013 game because that was a... Huge. That was a ship, like a big ship. Yeah, and, and you had like almost, I want to say, a crew. Yeah, there was a company. And she went that, with like a couple of friends, didn't she? Yeah, there was a group of friends that she went yeah. with. Whereas this one, it was just... Her and the guy. Yeah, her and one other person. So um, then you sort of kind of go, okay, well, we played the game. And you go through, and as, as much as I sort of look at the evolution of the actual character it's a lot better than the Angelina Jolie series purely because there's not it's like look I'm Angelina Jolie look what I can sex I can do this it really made her out okay so 
they don't make her out to seem like a spoilt brat. Mm. They just make her seem like she wants to find her place in the world. Yep. So she goes out as an adventurer and just wants to... Self-discovery. Self-discovery. But, you know, you sort of... It starts off with her being a bit of a punching bag. And um, then it sort of just goes into her coming across the whole, I suppose, reason for the whole thing. And that's uh, Himiko. So Queen yeah. Himiko and the island of... Uh, Yam- or the, the kingdom of uh, Yamatai. So... The interesting thing is, in this particular movie, they changed it. They didn't follow the the backstory from the game, which is her being the Sun Queen. She was trying to be, it's like, you know, reincarnated, sort of, and yeah. just all the, like, the undead samurai warriors and yeah. everything. So, oh, when you're in the, pal- the, yeah. the Temple of the Wind or whatever yeah. it is. So, the actual game... Um, was much better because I think you sort of look at it and even her like even certain characters they haven't really followed into it but for instance Matthias but Matthias wasn't he like her tutor sort of yeah in the game and then in this he's the bad dude yeah he's he's part of Trinity and then um, you don't see any of the storm guard there's no storm guard whatsoever Nothing, kapoof. But I will say it's worth a watch compared to... Look, I was a massive... Especially Angelina's original Tomb Raider movie. I was a massive fan. Um, So this trumps all of that. For me, I'm going to give it four out of five. Yeah, I give it probably four and a half out of five. Yep. Just because you wish it had followed... Yeah, if they'd done... Instead of it being a a virus... Well... Play. Now you've just spoiled it. Spoilers. Spoilers alert, yeah. Sorry, but what? It, this is why I wanted to mention this, because if anyone here has played the Uncharted series, Uncharted... Just say it has some parallels to Uncharted. Parallels movies. to Uncharted, so <laughs> they've essentially gone... Terrible, Muriel, you spoiled. Terrible. Sorry, but that's, what, and that, that's the reason why I was left a little bit lacklustre. Yeah. Because they had so much on the... I mean, the temple... Yeah. The temple looks really cool. But, however, we were expecting the mountain to be covered with all the little villages. Yeah, because you have to... The abandoned villages, yeah. which has got to scavenge yeah. and all that thing. But yeah. I like the progression, how it went from bow and arrow yeah. to climbing pick to the guns. Yeah, because that, that's the exact same way it goes. Yeah, that was, that was cool. So, um, yeah... In that, that sense, I enjoyed it because the problem solving and the traps and everything, sure enough, it's an adventure yeah. movie. So it was good. Um, I, I, I was sort of left wanting more, but it was still really good. Yep. So. All right. Uh, Dirty Money. This is a six-episode Netflix series that we watched on, obviously, Netflix. It took us, like, I think a couple of weeks to slowly make our way through it. Yeah. Um, it... Episode one covers the Volkswagen emission scandal. Then we've got the Scott Tucker payday loan scandal. Then the Valiant Pharmaceuticals scandal. And the HSBC bank drug cartel money laundering scheme. Laundering scheme, sorry. The maple syrup heist and 45th, the confidence man. Yeah, Donald Trump. Um, and basically focuses on the unethical behaviour of corporations and the, their CEOs and their boards of directors and stuff and we found it like there are a few things we knew 
Um, and there are a few things we had no idea about, for example, the Volkswagen. And I didn't know that Trump... No. 45th was as unsuccessful financially. Um, I didn't know about all these failed ventures. And then you look at it and kind of go, oh, look, I'm a savvy business billionaire and I can do all these really cool things and I don't care if things fail. But the problem is, you look at who he is, he's running America at the moment, but he's running it like a business, not a country. And he's doing the exact same thing he did in his business. Anyone who'd try and counter him, he'd just cut off. So essentially, the key thing, the ethics committee wiped it. Yep. So, you know, that's a little shifty. But the maple syrup heist, seeing how that unfolded and the fact that they were actually stealing the maple syrup and then filling barrels with water and putting it back in the national stocks, that then flicked back to that series we watched where the bees were going. So Yeah, um, rotten. Yeah, rotten. Where the bees were actually, you know declining the honey was being adulterated and you know you got export import fake honey yep. and now you look at this and you get the mafia involved in um, Quebec and everything they wanted to control the whole maple syrup industry yep and they got close but it all got shut down and you know it's just a very good series I honestly I give it 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. it was really clever reporting yeah and investigative and very unbiased yeah it was just research literally the way they portrayed it it was there to let you make your own decisions it was just all the facts yeah so yeah it's um very very i suppose compulsive watching because you wanted to just keep watching you wanted to keep knowing what was going to happen and also Seeing the individuals break down over the course of the actual episodes, you see them all, you know, smug at the beginning, and then you see them start breaking down near the end with some of them. But you saw... Seeing it from an entertainment point of view, they got the entertainment. They got it. But if I was to look at it and go, generally, if you're going to look at a story, there's just going going to be one side... Like one side purely, yeah. but it was counterbalanced. So it he, told you the bad people's story. Yep. Like, oh, we did, you know, they did this, and then they focused on the whistleblower, and then they brought in the people that affected. Yeah. And then what the company, in quotation marks, did to deal with said yeah. situation of scandal. And so it's not just the same kind of reporting across no. the board. It's. You've got different um, styles of yeah. directing. You've got um, a different kind of story. It made each story unique. Like exactly. It didn't, it didn't feel... Like, you could feel the sense of the series or the docuseries, but it didn't feel, um, like, stretched out. It didn't feel... You know what I mean? How some things you can kind of... It wasn't go, That's enough conspiracy. Yeah. Um, you didn't get sick of it, like overwhelmed. Yeah. Or kind of over... For a documentary. It yeah. On, it was on... Yeah. Literally on the money. Yeah. For dirty money. So... Talking about on the money, The Witcher TV show, apparently the pilot is now out for notes. So the pilot episode is completely written, yeah, script-wise. 
which I'm really, really, really excited for. The writer, uh, Lauren S. Hisrich, she also wrote the Defenders script, Daredevil script, and as well as some episodes of The West Wing. So, yeah, um, apparently people are saying that it's going to be really close to the books. And she's thrown out some hints saying that it's starting from The Last Wish. Ooh, so, yeah, this is going to be good. And as we know from the game, I'm, I'm completely enthralled by the game. I'm a sucker for the game. The reason why I don't play the game at the moment is... Because I get stupid things like it takes me an hour to kill one enemy while riding a horse. You know why? Because the the beast was higher level than me and I was lazy. But I figured out if I did drive-by shootings <laughs> with a sword and a horse. And you watch me do it and you ask me what the I hell are you doing. And I, I managed to kill the beast. But, you know, it's more a case of I want to complete everything. I'm a completionist. Yeah. I... And it's very expansive, and the storyline is really, really cool. And I remember because there was a glitch. Not not really a glitch, but there was a thing in the game, originally, what you could do. You could kill cows constantly, and they respawn. But what happened with a patch is the developers didn't like the fact that people were farming cows. <laughs> so what happened was... You start killing cows too much, then on the see I haven't done it because I still haven't updated the game yet. <laughs> now what happens is this giant cow demon basically comes up out of the ground, spawns up out of the ground, and just just like destroys you. So it's a case of you know stop farming cows. So um, similar to sort of similar to what people um, encountered when they played um, Skyrim crack- the chickens. Oh, not really. I didn't do that one, but I did the cracked... Well, I saw a cracked version of um, Serious Sam. And essentially what happened is you get this scorpion with these roll guns or rail guns, basically, or more like a roll gun, and it would chase you around. You couldn't kill it. It was OP. <laughs> so people with cracked versions of this game would discover this. So it wasn't really a crack. It was more a case of, yeah, we don't like people levelling up this way. You know, Bang. <laughs> But I looked at that and went, ha, cows. And then it made me think of Diablo and the secret cow level. So um, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, fun. So if this follows the books, um, it's it's going to be good. So um, because they also created the, the footage for Halo 5 Guardians. So mm. it's going to be interesting. Is it going to be live action or is it going to be live. CGI? Live. Live. So that's going to be interesting. Because, so, yeah. I mean, if they're going to use CGI to... Obviously, know. they'll need CGI to... You meant animated. Yeah, what you meant. sorry. No, it's It's going to see how they blend it. Yeah. Because watching how they did Spectral and the CGI in that... Flawless. Flawless. That is a really good movie. If anyone gets a chance, watch Spectral. Um, so, yeah, that's... um. All right. Um, keeping with the Netflix trend... I saw an article that came out a couple of days ago about um, the stars are getting larger pay packets. So apparently Winona Ryder plays Joyce and David plays Jim. They make up the A tier and they're now going to be making 350000 US bucks an episode. Oh, that's a pretty penny. The B tier, uh, so that's the characters who pay, play 
uh, the characters being Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Will, they're all going to get a quarter of a million US bucks a piece per episode. And then the C tier, who are the um, Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve. I don't know why Steve's put in there because Steve's like the adopted. Yeah. He's the adoptive dad that everyone loves now. They're each going to get 150000 bucks an episode. And no one knows where Eleven is going to go around here. People are saying that because she is a breakout star, she is going to be getting minimum 250000 But it's possible that uh, because she's their headliner that she's going to get 350000 which is the same amount that um, Winona and Hopper are making. So That's a lot of... It's lot the biggest of... TV sh- like series on TV yeah. right now. And so. it's doing so well. Yeah. So. All right. Um, the first thing I saw about Fortnite was an advertisement that played, like the trailer, that played on Xbox. And I love the sound, this this the audio clip. Yep. It's called Destruction by Joywave. Yep. I love it. I have it on my Apple Music. And then I noticed, we noticed, that Fortnite was free to download on Xbox Live. Yes. So we downloaded it on the premise of at some point in the future, you and I were going to play it. I don't want to play it anymore. Do you know why? No. Logan Paul... Is now going to start streaming it. Oh god! Um, because Ninja, he's like the most famous. He's the Nade Shot, like back when Nade Shot was Nade Shot. Yeah. Of Fortnite, he's making half a million US bucks a month. Just by streaming. Just streaming it, as well as like all of his deals and merch. Far. So he's making half a million US bucks a month streaming Fortnite. I'm in the wrong game. I really am. <laughs> See, I haven't got into streaming, but it's it's more a case of Logan Paul has destroyed YouTube, pretty much. Well, they told him pretty much now that, well, a couple of months ago, remember, you're not making any more money off us yeah. after he tasered a dead fucking rat. Yeah. Because, you know, showing a dead body in a forest. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no drugs. Fuck. Um, but what do you do? So... What, at what point does Twitch wreck it for, like, you know, obviously people are going to look at it, oh, this is easy money. Is Twitch also owned by Google? I don't know. Let me check It'd this. It'd be interesting to find out. Twitch owned by Google. Da, 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 da. Who is your parent company? No, Amazon. Amazon acquired Twitch Interactive for $970 US million dollars. But, I mean, look at it. He doesn't even own a PC. No, he bought it. Like Just He made a video showing him buying shit to start his streaming. Yeah, and now it's just... Uh... Alright, keeping up with the gaming. Do you have one of the fat models of the PS3? Uh, yes. Congratulations, you can claim yourself 65 US bucks. Woo! Um, yeah, yeah. So this is just the article that I got from PC Mag. 
And when the slim model of the PS3 appeared, the so-called other OS functionality had been removed as part of a, as part of a firmware update due to security concerns. And that resulted in a class action lawsuit which dragged on until a settlement reached in 2016. Um, Polygon first reported saying that the settlement of fat PS3 owners were able to claim 55 but that increased to 65 bucks. You can still claim the $65 payout, but time is about to run out. If you have the fat PS3, you have until the 15th of April to submit the claim form, but you must state where you purchased it from and need to prove that it was an authorised retailer, although how they're going to check. You're also required to prove uh, provide your PSN name, your PS3 serial number, um, and claim that you know that Linux could be installed or removed Um but that feature meant that PS3 essentially lost its value in your yeah. eyes. But if you intend to claim, keep in mind that this offer is limited to the 20 gig, 40 gig, 60 gig, and 80 gigabyte PS3 models. Nice. Yeah, because um, I remember a lot of people going and getting the Slims. And I was like, why would you bother getting a Slim? You just, you know, use the, the normal. Um, they liked it because thinner is sleeker. Yeah. Especially coming off the PS2. And when you have like an entertainment unit, you want everything, you know, your VHS is flat, your DVD player is flat, yeah. Xbox is flat. That's, I guess, what they were after. Pretty much. I just, you know, it's a dull, dull day. Okay, this is a story that is um, it shocked me when I first read it. So I'm titling it, This Dad's Not Playing Games. So to give you the, you know, rundown in 60 seconds or less, a dad in Utah is suing the Irving-based Boy Scouts of America because they stripped his son of every merit badge he earned. This obviously blocks him from achieving his dream of becoming an Eagle Scout because um, he has Down Syndrome. And a speaker for the chapter, like that club, that specific what would you call it not company but that hall is that how they call a scout like that scout organization out of the big umbrella of organizations that chapter said that they made accommodations for his disability so he could earn badges and what they said was this is a direct quote from them if the task was cooking he had to pour and he had to pour a cup of flour he wouldn't stop pouring but we awarded him a badge regardless and the dad made a statement on his Facebook saying that, you know, all of the merit badges involve some sort of form of memorization, speaking, or performing a task on command, which isn't something his son is able to do. They're seeking $1 in damages because in the US you have to have a price. Yes. And the minimum is a dollar. But all they want is for his badges to be reinstated. Yeah, and I see that as why would they take the badges off him? This kid, he, you know... He's trying. That's that's. You really know what I reckon? Hard. It was some angry parent who's gone. Oh. My kid does all of this. This kid's done nothing, and this kid has more badges than my kid. Blah exactly. Blah, blah. And I think my my kid worked harder than this kid. And you know what? As a scout, that's not what scouts is about. No, it's about essentially you're learning everyday skills, survival skills, and friendship shit. And too. friendship. The, it's about the badges are a way of getting you involved and learning different skills yeah. at the end of the day it doesn't matter whether you can pour a cup 
half a cup. But you're still no participating. Cup. You are participating. You're trying to do something. It's and you about are, you were a scout. Yeah. So, so essentially, I mean, I was also a venturer. So I don't know what that means. Uh, okay. It goes um, basically go is, Cubs is, scouts. What's his face? Uh, still chief Rovers. scout. Grillis? Grills. Big, big Grills. I, th- I, I think he is. Um, let's see. Ranks in the Boy Scouts of America. Hmm. So, okay. um... So... No. They're the leaders. Yeah, so... Can you hear our neighbours? Uh, they're crazy. They're having another so, domestic, um, Jesus. Oh. Yeah, so Bear Grylls was the 11th of July, 2009. Um... So he was a chief scout of the United Kingdom and overseas territories. So is he still or was? Uh, no, he is. He still is. Still is? He's still... I'm looking at the scouts.org.uk. Um, so he's the chief he's still scout. still chief scout. Yeah. Um, and they're appointed for a five-year tenure. So I don't know how many years he's got left. Because uh, he's been doing a pretty good job. So it says... See, 2009, that would have been 2014... 2014, 20, so he's what, had a second it's, tenure? No, because if he started in 2014, and it's five years, right? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, this is his last year. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then there's a link to see what Bear has been doing during his time as Chief Scout. <laughs> the last update. Oh, wait. It's not even in chronological order here. He hosted a scout summit um, on the 11th, 11th to the 12th, 2017. As I normally do. So, yay. All right, back to regular scheduled programming. Okay. Um, you know the suspicion that essential oils, oils may be endocrine disruptors and that original study that said that um, in the case study of three young boys... I think they're like 10 or younger. They were identified by their pediatrician as having unexplained large breasts. And the doctor said that these boys regularly used tea tree and lavender oils. And then when they stopped using the products, the issue went away. Um, well, researchers in a new study, and they were presented at like the Endo 2018 Symposium in Chicago last week. And this study was conducted by uh, Endo because of its endocrine. Yeah. Society's 100th annual meeting. Um, the researchers of the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences, or NIHES, which is part of the National Institute of Health, um, they the authors selected eight compounds found in lavender and tea tree oil to study it closely. And in the lab, they applied it just to cancer cells to watch for changes in estrogen and androgen receptor genes and um, other endocrine activity and they found that the compounds had varying effects but they all appeared to have hormone disrupting activity when I went to actually look at the paper um, that they were presenting I went to all the links but the paper's link that was reported um, the, like the actual I like the um, DOI when I clicked on it the article had been moved 
so I couldn't get any stats for you and I couldn't get you the DIY but when I found it on um, like the article like there was a link to it so I knew the paper eventually like existed at one point in another but I can't get you stats I apologize and I didn't have a chance to double check again sorry and dig for it but they did suggest allegedly a link between oils and abnormal breast growth in young boys um, and that's called pre-pubertal gynecostomastia yeah, or some shit like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, sorry, I couldn't find stats. I went to look for the original article um, when I was like originally going through all the shit I wanted to talk about today. Yep, yep. But I couldn't find it. I apologize. Hmm. Okay, buckle up. Here we go. This is one you're absolutely going to detest. Move over vaping. Move over e-cigarettes. Dueling is in town. What? It looks like a USB. Okay. And that's how you charge it. Yeah. So kids in schools and colleges are charging it in their laptops. And apparently they have like really sweet flavors um, that come through the vaporizer. And they call it nicotine juice. And it comes in like mango, creme brulee, cucumber, and a ton of other sweetie shit, sweet shit. And apparently, it doesn't produce a cloud. So just so you just vape in quotation marks. Yeah. And there's no cloud that comes out, but these kids are getting a hit of nicotine, and apparently, it's like the latest thing. The oh latest they're calling it epidemic. Yep. And so essentially, because like you wouldn't be able to tell if someone was vaping yeah. or not. Um, and apparently, you know, they plug them in to charge and that's how they're disguised. Look like a USB. They still contain nicotine. It's a long, slim vaporizer that has disposable pods of nicotine juice. Jeez. So, yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, jeez. So, basically, they're just little pods. Yeah. And, yeah, it just comes in a cartridge. And yeah. Off, oh, well, there's ingenuity for you. Um, yeah. Um, sad story. We're about to lose another species in Sudan. The world's last male northern white rhino has died in captivity at age 45. Which isn't good when you think about Not it. Not at all. And they're saying that a complicated scientific procedure is now the species' only hope. Yeah, so basically we're going to have to be using uh, IVF. Yeah, to uh, preserve the, the subspecies. But the thing is, the only two females that are left are his daughters. Yeah. So, not only is that incest, but we have no... But what if you could use CRISPR to alter that? Well, you could theoretically, if you were doing like a PCR, generating a library, Yeah. you could use a high error rate yeah. polymerase, right? And sequence it a few times, like their genome, I guess. Because we can do that now. Yeah, so... Um, and um, and then just transcribe them, see which embryos last. But the thing is, I don't think that they're willing to do any scientific experimentation on it. Yeah. Because we, we're left with nothing. Well, we've only I mean? got two females left. Yeah, but traditionally, how, how much semen do they have in a semen bank somewhere? Mm. And if they have the girls' as cells... Can't they just fertilise them with self and make clones? you think they would be able right. to. So, I, I don't... I have a question. 
I understand the poaching behind it, and I'm not saying that's okay. But how do you only get to three rhinos left? Where was all the money that went into conservation of this this species going? Yeah, someone's making bank. You know what I mean? Like, it was all the rage in, I think it was like the... 10, 15 years ago, when people were like, save the white rhino, save this petition, donate to the world... What's the World Health Organization version for animals? It's got the panda. Yeah. Um, what's it called? It's like WW... Worldwide... Well, Do- uh, I was going to say WWE, but that's not like WW World Animal Protection. That's not it. It's got a panda um, on the logo. WWF. Wild. That's it. Worldwide Fund for Nature. Yes, that's it. It's got a panda. Yeah. Um. What were they doing with all this money that people donated when they supposedly were saving money for the fucking white rhinos. Can someone explain this to me? So, basically, what's happened is, although they were able to successfully conserve the white rhino... They weren't able to reproduce. What happened was, there was low reproduction, but poaching was occurring within the reservations. Like, the people were actually getting into the reservations... And killing the rhinos to get the horns. If that happens, don't you go, let's employ people to guard them? Yeah. If... But what was happening is the guards were actually getting killed. They were killing the guards, killing okay. the rhinos. Then why not move the rhinos somewhere safe? They were still breaking into the compounds. No, but move them somewhere. Look, if there are only two left and you say, this is it, this is the next Tasmanian yeah, tiger. Yeah, next thylacine. Fucking, they're in captivity anyway. Don't give a fuck what anyone says. Fucking take them somewhere that... Ask the British. They fucking have everyone's yeah. shit from everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the, the British store shit. <laughs> Everything. Or ask the American um, Natural History Museum. They'll take care of it. Ask the Americans... But Tell them that the white rhino can find oil and the Americans will help out. Yeah. And unfortunately, there was a case in um, 2017 where one of the rhinoceros at a zoo near Paris was um, shot by poachers and then they cut off its horn with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. So they're breaking into zoos to kill the rhinos to take the horn. That's why I'm saying put them in an undisclosed location. You know what? People talk. That's the thing. As soon as there's... Get a company, a corporation. Why can't Craig Venter do it? Think of it this way. If you've got a thousand rhino, the cost per kilo... We don't have a thousand rhino at that point. Two weeks ago, we only had three. Look at it as inflation. So you have a thousand rhinos in the world. The price, the going price for... White rhino. Ivory at that point... Are they the only animal that makes ivory? You've got tusks of elephants But that's why I'm asked. Yeah. So rhino horn, for instance, say, I don't know how much it was per kilo or per tonne, but say per kilo, the numbers drop, the price of rhino horn goes up. It comes down to the... the sec- so, like, as big as your dollar can go. Yeah. There is massive money. Someone can pay big money. Someone's going to make bank. Someone's going to be sitting there. I guarantee you going, 
I can I make the it, last one. I can say that I have the last I've rhino won. horn. I can, I can charge whatever I want. I want, and at the end of the day, someone has made money. I agree, but all species gone. All I'm suggesting here is right. First off, there are hundreds of wildlife conservation societies around the world that have been asking and begging people to donate money. Where did this money go? If Nothing has changed. Yeah. How did it get to the point where people are breaking into zoos and enclosures and conservation and national parks to do this? If if you don't have trained people guarding, why are you employing them? And if people are getting in, take them to... I'm telling you, Craig Venter would do it. Yeah. Craig Venter and a ton of other people, and we've got fucking. Why didn't Bill Gates do something? Well, look at it this way: last year, the WWF made three hundred and twenty point six million dollars. Are they a non-profit, for-profit, or a profit organization? Um, no, it's a supported coalition for U.S. business. There you go. They are for profit. Yep. They're making bank. So, you know where all the money went? To their own back pockets. Administration. Um, how much does their CEO make? Their CEO got paid 455147 US bucks in 2009. So imagine what he's making now. It's, um... And apparently the world, their website says they're non-profit. Well, I'm sorry. If you're non-profit, why are people getting a salary? Exactly. I just, I don't know. And it's funny how they use the panda. Sorry, but pandas are stupid. Do you know how dumb they are? No, because when you think of extinct or endangered species, it's the panda. Yeah. So that's what it is. And I think that the panda was their first... Like yeah, and campaign. everyone loves a panda, but pandas are stupid. Pandas can't even be bothered. I love the story of that panda who acted like she was pregnant for months because she wanted extra food yeah. and to sleep. Like, that's yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh... All right, um, continuing on. Um, IBM is kicking off its Think 200 2018 conference this week with Five in Five. And they're going to present a collection of IBM research inventions and technologies in quotation marks that could change our lives in the next five years. So the the story, the word on the street is that IBM is building the world's smallest computer and that they're expected to announce the details at this symposium. Um, apparently the computer is one mil by one mil and that's smaller than a grain of salt. And it apparently costs less than 10 cents to manufacture. That's pretty cool. You know what? You can manufacture it for less than 10 cents and then charge 100 bucks for it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Bank. Do you know what? Um, how much money they'll make off the patent for that technology alone? Heaps. Do IBM make Intel? Um, Who is Intel owned by? Intel Core 2 Duo. Hmm. Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. 
Um, who are you? Sorry. Um, formerly NM Electronics. Who is your subsidiary? I think it's got a few subsidiaries. McAfee, Mobileye, Altera, Nirvana. And they do a ton of, um, we call it security stuff. Yeah. Dell is 15% of their total revenue. You've got Intel Israel. And Lenovo accounts for 13%. And HP 11. That was in 2016. Mm. Um, oh, I don't know. I think they're their own company. I don't think they're owned by anyone by themselves. But can we just discuss how much money it takes to make semiconductors? Heaps. To get pure silicon? Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, there is now a Kansas measles outbreak that is now in the double digits. The last time I checked, the measles cluster that began earlier this month in Johnston County has reached 10 cases and counting according to the Kansas Department of Health and Environment. And this outbreak is continue, like obviously still being investigated by both the county and federal um, health departments. They're working to identify anyone who may have come into contact with infected people. So eight county people of the Johnston County residents um, have measles, one Lynn County resident because they are associated with the daycare that one of these Johnson kids went to and one Miami County resident who is not associated with the daycare is also sick, which means they just picked it up in passing. Yeah, because that's... Can we discuss how, in, like, infectious this is? Like, So you get, you, we're getting hot spots, which are now... Yeah. It's expanding, so... Yeah. Um, they haven't been able to identify... Well, last time I read up on this, where and when each case became infected... But they are urging people who are ill or exhibiting measles-like symptoms to stay at home. But if you're seeking medical care before visiting the provider, call ahead. Make sure that they can take measures to protect the other patients and staff members from your illness. Um, mm. I'd, I'm over it. And so many people can potentially die Yeah, it's from this shit. It's not funny. No. And... Do you know I was in class last week and I was talking to one of my friends... And she was, she and I were talking about how we watch Jim Fails yep. and all those other weird Instagram things. And she goes, um, you know what's funny? And I go, what? And she goes, anti-vaxxers. Yeah. And so they don't she's, get it. she's been sending me all of these anti-vaxxer accounts and all their pseudoscience and all their bullshit and their propaganda. And oh, I just, it's I horrible. don't know. It's disgusting. Um, I also found this really, really cool thing because, again, I not when I say I like drugs, I don't mean illicit drugs. I no. mean I like drug design and the basis of pharmacology. But a team of psych... Sorry, I have to drink. My throat is like... I think it's this changing weather. Maybe, yeah. Playing with my endothelial surfaces. So, yeah. And my mucus is just not itself. But a team of psychiatrists, chemists and pharmacologists... At UK's Royal College of um, Psychiatrists, obviously, systematically ranked um, basically the five most addictive substances on the planet based on how much physical harm they cause, how addictive they are, how much damage they can do to not only the person but society as a whole. 
and judging also by things like cost spent on healthcare. And they published their results in The Lancet. But again, when they published this story, I went to find the stats and the analysis and all the other drugs that didn't make that five prime cut. Do you think I could find it? No. Nope. So, apparently heroin is ranked highest. Yeah. Followed by cocaine, nicotine, barbiturates and alcohol. Yeah. So... They looked at it and basically tobacco and alcohol were ranked equally um, due to their aspect of addictiveness. Um, but they also have a similar physical dependence ranking overall. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, honestly, uh, yeah. It, it, it's been interesting sort of how dodgy it was done. I'm sorry, but if people can't access your stats. It's not a valid study. I can't. And also, the lecturer is talking about things today, and he's gone, when you make something in science, for example, let's take the thing of this case, what you're proposing is a model. It's not fact. It's just by your standards of observation and analysis. You have derived that model. But I don't know. Anyway, um, I fucking love science had a go at this flat earther called Connor Murphy. If <laughs> so. um, apparently he revealed why people just don't fall off the edge of Earth because apparently Earth is flat, which I didn't know. This is news to my ears. Oh, yeah, it's definitely me. Yeah, but he has pretty much concluded that there is no edge at all. And this is a direct quote. Fall off into what? Do you know what I'm saying? There's no edge. That's a misconception. The way that we see see it is it's an enclosed system. There's water above, there's the firmament, I have no idea what that is. Or the dome. Or the dome, and then there's water above it and water below, and then there's no leaving it. There's no anti-gravity for allowing us to float around and find other suns and shit. Um, But nobody falls off the edge because we're all in a massive snow globe, essentially, is what this guy is saying. But technically, a snow globe is a sphere. It's a semi-circle. Sort of, but you could... You can essentially say, look, yeah, there's an object, and then you shake it, and it wobbles around. And he went on to accuse NASA of covering up that the Earth is flat in order to make more money. But then he contradicted <laughs> his earlier views, saying we don't flat fall off because we're in a dome. And he goes, basically, if you can imagine the globe squashed down with Antarctica, instead of being on its own continent, being the perimeter and the side. So people say that it's an ice wall. So instead of... He's saying... That instead of Antarctica being a land mass, it's a sky mass. Right. That forms the walls. So kind me, of like in Game of Thrones. Let me guess, they fly submarines? I have no idea. Well, we know someone who's been duelling heavily, don't we? I think <laughs> duelling is the least of that man's problems. But what happens if it was... Ma- Actually, you know why it's in flat cartridges? So it can fit flat on the surface and doesn't fall off. Because the earth is flat. Do you know, I watched this video online because I had nothing else to do. I did. And it was about these people, these people being the flat earthers. And they were saying, shit doesn't fall to earth via gravity. What is it? 9.8 meters per second? Yeah. Right? That's how fast the Earth is travelling up. So what happens when the Earth finally hits something? 
Well, apparently it's not gonna because there's nothing else but us. So we're the center of the universe. We dictate the center of the universe. So we are the universe. Yes, but apparently, <laughs> oh, um, the Earth is moving up one point eight meters a second. So if you jump, the Earth touches you. You're not coming back down. But then again, is it taking into account one person jumping or everyone jumping? No, just the, like if I was to toss my phone onto the ground now, right? It's the Earth moving up to catch it. So, hypothetically, if everyone faced the same direction and sneezed, Earth would spin like uh, a dinner plate. No, we'd shuffle to the side. We'd everyone, but then again, like if, if we're talking about what length we're talking about, we'd just sneeze everyone, like, we'd strafe sneeze, and everyone would go to Do the left. Know, these people probably Take a sneeze to the left. These people are missing... Take a step to the right. So the Earth is, like, one kilometre wide. Jeez, if it's In one... In their view, it's... People don't understand how massive the Earth is. People don't understand how much... Like, yes, there are big countries and continents, but isn't, like, 98% of the Earth water? Uh-huh. People don't understand uh-huh. the actual... It's one thing to tell, to go to a kid and say, oh, my God, the Earth, shut up, fridge. The Earth is, like, 90% water. And it's another thing to go in a plane or on a spaceship and be like, see all that blue shit? And then this one speck of dirt? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just... Stupid. Like, honestly... Stupidity in its finest. Flat earthers, uh... This ain't no place for you. No, so... You don't even go here. (laughs) So, my question is, what do we do about them? Like, what do we do with them? Do we just... Do you know the people that, um... Were like, hey, let's have a Mars expedition, one-way ticket. Let's put them on a thing. A thing, being a space you know shuttle. You do? Or a bus. And then tell put them on a bus <laughs> and tell them just to drive. Just drive. Just drive. No, but they would get to the end of, like, Seattle. Or they'd get to the end of but New they, York they've or just, Florida. They've just said and they'd was... be like, oh, my God, this is where the world ends. I can't go any further. Even though there's a fucking beach. But then again, what happens if it's the Matrix? What happens if you go past the code? But there is no... They're not saying it's a simulation. They're saying that there's a wall. But what if the... And that that wall is Antarctica. But what And you can climb up the wall, but then you get to the sky realm, and that's more Antarctica. Fuck them sky people and their sky castles. You know, flat earthers are just stupid. But then again, what happens if they're the people who are working for the the non... Do you think NASA pays... For these people to talk this shit. So that way... You know what I mean? Like, Maybe. is this some larger conspiracy? Where be. NASA play, pays these people to act like idiots. And then NASA can just go about their lives without... Do you know what I mean? Well, I, I reckon Hollow Earth is pretty much where they store all the vintage cheese. I'm sorry, Earth is not hollow. If Earth was hollow, we would all fall into the core of the Earth. Yeah. How can we explain electromagnetic yeah. force yeah. without the fucking Earth's core? Well, maybe it's and real... have you heard of volcano juice? But have, well, maybe it's just known as spicy cheese then. But it, it, I mean, why is it that cheese never rolls? Why, well, you know, it doesn't. But they, okay, they call it flat Earth, but why are there mountains? There's hills. Earth is not flat. No, they're not really that tall. We just perceive them to be that way. Do they. What is their perception of dumb people? I don't know. Because I tell you what, we've got stuff in our fridge that is, you know, currently <laughs> having a higher IQ than them. So. I, 
I don't know, and it's not like you can ask them to take an IQ test. Well, you know what we do? I reckon what we do with uh, all these flat earthers, if they think it's flat, we just get really big brooms and we sweep them off it. You know, done. Problem solved. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm sorry to cut you short, but let's move on to the next story, good sir. Um, again, source from I Fucking Love Science. Um, apparently, an, a report came out saying that parts of Easter Island are at risk of disappearing because obviously sea levels are rising, but they're not. Easter Island is found in the southeastern Pacific Ocean. It's famed for its incredible statues that were first made by the Rapa Nui people. I apologise if I've pronounced that incorrectly. Centuries ago, um, at its peak, the island was thought to have about 17,500 people. But then when the Dutch explorers arrived in 1722, it had no more than 3,000. But by the 1860s, they had pretty much all disappeared. Today, the Chilean island houses more than 6,000 people. Uh, sorry, like the island houses house 6,000 people. But the continuing rising sea levels due to climate change um, are saying that the statues that 100,000 tourists visit each year, uh, they need to be moved. But that also comes to the cost of losing their mes- message in history. So, do we lose them, you know, to rising sea levels, or do we move them and break their sacredness? Yeah. So, it's a hard call. I I think, honestly, if they were to be covered with water... They'd erode, wouldn't they? No, not really, because the only way they'd erode is if the water was constantly being like yeah, smashed in. against otherwise if it's it's, it's just rock underwater it would just be buffered kind of yeah. yeah I didn't know that they like I wouldn't say rebuilt but they renovated Stonehenge did you know that? yeah I didn't know that they were putting things back on so people go to Stonehenge thinking that it's the British ver- or the UK version, I should say. Is it in Scotland or England? Um, I think it's in Scotland. It's yeah. like near Bright, isn't it? Maybe it's it's um, in Wiltshire, England. Yeah, right. On. So, so yeah, I thought that the way it is now. Is the way it's always been, but apparently not. So. Yeah. So yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, is they say it served as a burial ground, so like a mass burial ground or like a ritualistic interesting. burial ground. Interesting. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see further. Druids were some real. Yeah. There's a um, there's a series out called Britannia. That we need to check out the deals okay. with the Vikings and the Druids and all. Actually, Ooh. I don't know if Vikings, but you yeah, interesting. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Otherwise, what you do is you just put all the Easter eggs in the ocean, build the, build an Easter egg wall that would stop the rising um, water towards Easter Island. Or imagine if it only just filled up every Easter, or it, it, maybe the water received every Easter to allow us to get the chocolate Easter eggs. Conspiracy. Post conspiracy. They're estimating that the first post holes at the Stonehenge site, if you go to 
englishheritage.org.uk, you can access the Stonehenge timeline. Um, apparently, the first post holes were put in between 8,500 and 7,000 BC in the Mesolithic um, area on the northwest side of Stonehenge. And Ro- the Romans actually came in and it was a ritualistic importance to, Rome, like, obviously, Roman Catholic oh. British people. Um, and then the Ministry of Defence bought it as a training ground. And then it was given to the nation in between 1915 and 1918. It was, the restoration was completed in 1964. And then it was given a dignified setting in 2013, which the road, the the road which ran right past the stones is closed and a new visitor centre and exhibition centre is built two kilometres away from the monument and the stone circle is reunited with its sacred landscape. So they're admitting that they bought it, but I didn't know that it's not that they... First off, that it was owned by someone privately yeah, and then they had to give it to the people. Yep. And secondly, that it was re... Not rebuilt. Fixed. Um, modified. Not, Re, not remastered. What do they say when remodeled? Is it remodeled like when you buy a heritage listed site and you have to refurbish? No, I can't even remember. It's usually refurbished. So yeah, great. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really, really cute story. Yeah. And I read this and I was like, Ah! And I actually, it was published in Ecology Letters, and I have the link here for you if you want it, good sir. Excellent. Um, I hyperlinked it for you too. Um, so, rather adorably, mongooses who live together to develop, like, they live together, but they develop specialist diets to avoid food fights. Yeah, so they don't fight over each other's pizzas, they order different ones. No, some will order pizza, some will order pasta. And some so go garlic bread. So, the idea is, and this is a direct quote, social animals can gain many benefits from group living, but they also suffer from competition over shared food research, uh, resources. Um, and this guy says that our research shows that banded mongooses, which means like group family living mongooses, yeah, mongos, uh, mongos, like mongo. they're, they're banned as like bees are a swarm, yep. birds are a flock, yeah. sheep are a flock, a murder of crows, yeah. that shit. Um, the, certain social advantages, namely protection, can also generate intergroup conflict, and this aggressive tendency um, has benefits when it comes to scaring off potential predators or rivals. But it can also create some struggle within groups, because after all, hunger pangs can turn the most easygoing person in the world a little grouchy. So to skirt this, each individual mongoose establishes their own dietary niche. Yeah, and the mong the banded. Mongoose is very cute. Like you should all, you should all just look up um, the banded mongoose or mongoose, mongo. Um, very cute. They yeah. um, and the, what they primarily eat is um, beetles and millipedes. That's because yeah. um, they 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 like to live in um, central and eastern parts of Africa. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're very cute little things. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, they. Uh, oh, that was my they, favorite. They're cute little fellas. All right, and the last story for the day. 
Okay, so I had never heard of this, but apparently volcanoes can cause, like, lightning and thunder. Ooh. A little bit of lightning, a little bit of thunder? Yeah. um, When volcanoes erupt, they often do so thunderously. But until recently, scientists have been unable to distinguish the sounds of an eruption from the sounds of volcanic thunder. So, in addition to the loud roar of eruptions, lightning strikes that spring from the volcanic plumes create create these loud claps of thunder. And in new audio clips, um, the geophysical research letters scientists that published this study um, revealed the first recording of this phenomenon. But what it is, it's 60 minutes worth of footage sped up into a five-second audio track. Damn. So that's really, 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 really fast. But what they did was they um, set up microphones in, I think it's called the Bogoslaw Volcano. It's somewhere in Alaska's, like, southwestern Aleutian Islands. Bogoslaw. And over eight months, and they recorded a mixture of these eruption booms and lightning cracks. Dubstep. But only by cross-checking a map of volcanic lightning were they able to distinguish what was the volcanic thunder on the audio recording and they didn't even know until 2006 what caused this lightning but they surmised that similar to lightning that's formed obviously in the sky like normal lightning volcanic lightning occurs when electricity flows between positively and negatively charged particles but unlike atmospheric lightning lightning born from volcanoes forms much closer to the ground in the plumes of the eruption so and also um the volcanic lightning doesn't always move downward that's interesting yeah and then that would make sense because of the salt in the water potentially um so the result is a jagged bolt of electricity that appears to jump out of the volcano's mouth and apparently visually it's very very stunning um, but obviously, by better understanding this volcanic thunder cracks, scientists say that they'll be able to better predict the size of a plume coming off an eruption and if a eruption is um, on schedule, yeah, like, is due and that kind of thing. So, yeah. And, I mean, volcanic lightning is pretty insane when you look at it. So, definitely worth checking out. Like, really, it looks something out of a... It almost looks like um, Kronos yeah. from the Clash of the Clash of Titans, Titans. Yeah. movie. It just looks... Badass. Like something out of a sci-fi yeah. fantasy movie. Yeah, really cool. So yeah, that is it from us today. Yeah, we went out on a bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. So, um, yeah. Thunder, dear, lightning, dear. That's the point where we like, you know, we could potentially play some Van Halen. Yeah, I don't want to get an audio strike. Yeah, I don't know about you. Yeah, that'd be bad. Um, also, I also wanted to give one update on um, you know that girl. I'm not shit. You know, we can say that in Perth that got um electrocuted on via the tap. Yeah, apparently she's awake now. She's able to blink. That's good. She cried, and um, her mum's saying that. Just like a box of chocolates, she didn't know what she was going to get with her. Yeah. But, you know, she's making moves That's and good. good luck to her. Yeah, hopefully all the best. But um, just thought I'd update that a little bit. Apart from that, do you have any grand plans for the week? Um, I think I might go back to the very beginning of 
Um, the Witcher. Probably The Witcher or Tomb Raider. And start playing all that back again. I'm seriously I'm read a lot. thinking about sourcing The Witcher books. Yeah. Do it. That's a good plan. Um, so... Yeah. So, see what's popping up there. I'm trying to, like, log in to my QBD account. But, but every time working. I do, it just doesn't let me do it because I have them saved to a wish list. Yep. So, I don't have to Google every book. You know. Every time, I just go to my wish list. Like, log in, go to my wish list. And, um... Yeah. Uh, just go and click on the books that way and know if it's on special or not. Yep. I don't know. Me no no. Me no no, I say. Um, let's go. Here it is. Now I've logged in even though I've typed in the same password six freaking times. But let's not talk about that. And you know what else? After we catch up with The Witcher, we need to start the Assassin's Creed book series. Yes. All um, that reading. Let's just go to The Last Witch, which I think... The Last Wish, I should say. Um, apparently, they've decreased the book prices to nineteen ninety nine, And our store has it in stock? We'll have to have a look at it. Wow. All right. Apparently, they have the series. So, we can pay $19.99 in store or buy them online. But I think I might get them in store because then we get the discount yep. at the end of the... Thingy my Bobby. Do it. And also, it's Easter next week too, but it'll be Easter after we record next week's podcast, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love Easter. It's, my, it's one of my favourite times of the year. All the Easters. All right, everyone. This is where we're going to love you and leave you all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, if there are any questions, you have any specific topics you want us to cover please be sure to let us know until then full metal chicken and i are signing off have a great is it six days or five days until the next episode me no no it's current it's almost 8 p.m the time i'm about to press end recording and then i'm gonna edit you so you should be up by nine o'clock the latest me thinks so again we apologize that we're a little bit late um but we couldn't really adjust said circumstances but anyway who's all everyone thank you so much say goodbye good sir don't be rude au revoir see you later thank you for listening bye bye